conversation with h and we have another incredible amazing guest a wellness coach a coach at k go life a mentor at a more destined destine 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 okay cool <laughs> a mental health blogger a writer a speaker creative content art wellness gifts and personal care products go follow that at penny bell with the e creations she has been featured on BBC Ideas, DT, D2R Podcasts, I Am A Vessel UK, La Art Magazine, Magnify, Collective and much more. I formally introduce you to some of you guys know as Penny Bell, but this is Penny Jarrett. How are you doing today? What a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Thank That's, you. Are you? I'm, I'm good. Um, I'm good. We, we, we're getting through this day. But for those who don't know who you are, who is Penny Jarrett? That is I. (laughs) 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 Um, I, so I guess the reason I am here like now is I am, I guess I'm a survivor without Mm. sounding like an absolute slice of (laughs) beef. Um, I am, I am a, someone who has um I guess my my heart to want to help people Mm. is has come from all the difficult things that I've experienced whether it be in my childhood um in my teenhood adulthood you know I'm 34 so all the years before that I've, I've had different things at different levels that I've just grown passionate about helping other people who go through similar so yeah I guess I just I just want to help heal people that's it in a nutshell I'm just trying to share the ways that I have found freedom and Mm. peace and um yeah and just hope that it it offers the same to others Um, and that's why I'm a wellness coach and I create those kind of products and why I do everything I do um, I'm gonna. Sa- this is so mad because it's a scripture that I actually stand on. Mm. I'm gonna look it up so I don't say the numbers wrong because I did this before. I told someone what my what my favorite Bible scripture was, and I got one number wrong, and they were like, "Why is it that one then?" And I was like, "How could you not know?" But it's it's basically in Isaiah where it says we're called to to set the captives free and help the blind see. Mm. Yeah, so that's the kind of scripture that I try to live by helping people see themselves and life in an uplifting perspective and also set them free from the things that keep them in bondage I love that yeah. so, so tell me what's what's younger penny like um ah that's a nice question what's younger penny like she's a tomboy <laughs> yeah I used to play football well yeah I used to be a proper tomboy I really really looked up to my older brother Mm. he's three years older than me and um, he was just really good at football he was I guess I don't know I guess just quite authoritative and I I I looked up to it so I just thought just be a bit boyish it's better 
so I was um, I was a tomboy basically because I looked up to him mm. um, so yeah it just meant that I, I guess I just I had a lot of energy when it came to sports and quite mischievous yeah. in a way so lots of energy flung in the wrong direction <laughs> quite an interest with fires so I used to just love anytime I'd see anything if the matches were near I was terrible when it came to fire I guess it was just the overstimulation <laughs> I, I, I was always searching for stimulation put it that way and fires yeah. um but yeah I was I was uh I was quite quite energetic I guess also very caring okay. I used to um I used to hate seeing snails squashed so I used to collect them and take them home really like like capture or like that's I had a drawer of snails and they probably dried up. But I thought, I was them. <laughs> you thought you were saving them, but you're just giving them a longer death. <laughs> the worst thing when I was young, yeah, I was just drying them up in my in a drawer. Like I had like a stationary <laughs> drawer that I cleared out for them. You know how much I'm obsessed with stationery. You'll know that was a massive sacrifice for a child. Wow. And so I and I just had it full of snails. It was so hilarious the day my mum found it, but um. But yeah, and it's because when I used to go out to play and see a snail squashed on the floor, you know, yeah. in the rain, and it's like, like that, I, I think that used to kind of semi-traumatize me. It was the grossest thing I could ever see. Yeah. And I just thought, I, wonder, I used to think, how did they feel? So I used to just take them all off the street. <laughs> you, was a, you was a snail youth worker, taking Literally. the snails off the streets. Take the snails off the streets and take them off. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's hilarious! And the fact, that, the fact that you sacrificed uh, a stationery drawer for the snails as well is, and considering what you do now, so they could all you. That is that is amazing. <laughs> I forgot about that until just now. You know, that is so yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so one of the things that I kind of want to touch on because I've 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 watched and and read a lot of your interviews um, where you've talked about different things, but. What, were there any major, you know, events in your younger life that kind of had a major effect on you and how did they shape you as you was growing up? Um, yeah, so as we mentioned just before we started recording, I was born in Birmingham, despite my accent misleading you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so I guess um, when I was quite young, my mum left my dad and came to London. Mm. And that was massive because it's funny, I, d I don't even remember what I was doing last week, but I remember being really you know, close to my dad, even though I was only three or four the last time I lived with him. So that heavily impacted me and it was kind of like, um, a, a trigger point all throughout my school years okay. that like I used to feel uncomfortable seeing people with their dads wow. I used to feel jealous um, and then when I got I, I guess that you know people I, I don't know how people knew I must have been speaking about it but I, I don't remember but that it would become like in arguments in school it would be like a trigger point where people would bring it up and and it would cause me to be aggressive yeah. so it was like it was it, it had definitely impacted me massively um, and also just experiencing a lot of domestic violence with my mum and her new mm. partner that that definitely gave me a really negative view on relationships, I guess, um, which led to me even not identifying my own 
um, you know, red flags, so to speak, yeah. to call them makes, you know, lightly, but um, just not being able to, you know, some of the things that I was witnessing and, and having to accept that that could possibly be normal, which you, when you're a child, you don't really know the difference. Mm. And so, yeah, it kind of made, made it hard for me to, um, to kind of raise the bar when it comes to what I expect in my own relationships, yeah. I guess. I guess a vital thing as well would have been losing my mum when I was 15 mm. um, to drugs. Uh, that was really difficult because I obviously knew that she was struggling. I had gone into temporary foster care just whilst she kind of got on her feet yeah, because yeah. we went through a difficult time and we got evicted from our home. And then I, I was separated from her temporarily, which I was 100% sure it was going to be temporary, but that's when... Um, I lost her, me and my brothers. So that was definitely like denial. That's when I I, I got to understand what denial was mm. and just complete avoidance. So yeah, I think I think those are some of the things that happened that um, that probably introduced uh, caused a lot of suffering, yeah. caused a lot of a lot of doubt. Um, a lot of hopelessness yeah. and and um, and also yeah just just not understanding that that the world can be good <laughs> that there is goodness and um, when you're young and you experience a lot of fear and a lot of um, a lot of things that cause you to kind of yeah seek you know you're always in a in a state of wanting to find safety yeah. then I guess it takes a lot it takes a lot of you know inner strength takes a lot of a lot of you know even intervention if I if I didn't give my life to Christ when I was 16 I don't know what I would be like I was at the end of a very young tether you'd have thought I was 38 the way I was feeling Why? and I was 16 and so stuff like that it's um yeah. yeah so yeah I think those are the major things that I've had to uh, go back and sort out after I stopped avoiding it and blocking it out you know mm. so what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now uh, you don't need you don't need to be liked and loved by everyone you don't like you, the and I saw a I saw a uh, like a not a meme like a graphic yeah. like a, a graphic on Instagram the other day and it said um, be brave enough to be disliked and I was like whoa what courage to be you know I, I was a I was very scared of rejection and I still go through times now where I I, I realize I still need to work on it a bit but like having a, a uncanny fear of rejection a need for acceptance and just wanting to be part of you know we all want to be part of a family and we all want to be um accepted and loved but there's 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 the the absolute courage of that is attached to being okay if you're not mm. and I just don't think I was ever okay with the thought of not being loved and accepted so I I was so scared of like what people thought what people I, I used to even have like full-blown dialogues in my mind yeah. of what other people were saying about me wow and 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 I didn't even contemplate that they might not be true I didn't eat, you know, and this is like just thinking, oh, I bet that person thinks this and I bet she's told her this and I bet, and it's, yeah, it's overthinking. Yeah, it's intrusive thoughts, but also it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And I didn't, it took until I was in my twenties mm. for me to realize that, you know, all of that stuff was probably not even true. 
And I didn't even contemplate that all of these lies and these fears that I'd created around just wanting to be accepted and, and people, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, you're, you know, you, you think of what your favorite food is. Mine's peanut butter. Not everyone likes peanut butter. Some people are allergic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, it's true. It's so true. <laughs> you know, and I think it just, the reason I would give that advice to my younger self and in any way, I'd, I'd go, I'd try to drum it into her mm. in so many different ways is because there are, there are things that I would have done. And this is just a small one. So like there's, there's loads of things I would have done if I didn't overthink what other people would think about my decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even this, and this is small, but it's from school. So like trampolining. I felt like I was, I went through lots of image issues, uh, completely paranoid and, yeah. and obsessed with being, like thinking I was fat and being, you know, just having, I suffered with eating disorders as well. So this mentality was creeping up on me mm. from secondary school. And so I, I didn't go, when we had trampoline in a PE exercise, I know I would have loved that. I would have loved trampolining. Do you think I would have let anyone see me jump up and down? Just because of the fear of what I look like in front of people that, what? And do, you, do you know how much I love a trampoline now? Listen, do you know how much fun <laughs> trampolining was back then? as well do you know i would have probably done about six flips i know what i'm like i would have done stuff i would have done i would have probably you never know i could have been doing you, gymnastics yeah you would have you would have been about you would have about you would have been about this trampoline been, life yeah you would have been about this trampoline life i would have, been, <laughs> I would have been yeah and it's just something like watching people in awe enjoying the trampoline and i was like the only reason I didn't go on is because I was scared of what I would look like to others. Mm. And yeah, I get it. And and I'm not, I'm not like this in my younger self, like you wasted our time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I just wish she, I wish she just enjoyed, enjoyed, uh, you know, enjoyed her experiences without caring about what others thought. Yeah. Mm. So you talked about it a little bit earlier in terms of, you know, finding God at 16. Was that because of, you know, your mum passing and then you kind of started to believe in God or was there more that happened to get you to that point? I believed, yeah. I guess. I was, um, and my auntie had, um, whenever I stayed at one of my auntie's houses, she was a born again Christian and she was uh, always used to pray with us at night. And so I believed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had in mind that God was real it's just a normal thing yeah. you know I didn't I didn't pray I you know I didn't I didn't do much with that knowledge but I, I, I knew and then I guess I when I was so and then when I was quite young so maybe from the age of say seven yeah there was a lady that had came one of my mom's friends came with her daughter one day and took and said oh you know we've started going to a church in your area and her daughter was a friend. So she was like, I'll take Penny every week. And so from the age of like, what, you know, when I think about this now, what a blessing. But from the age of seven or eight, I would go with this lady. And even when she stopped going, I would still go. Cause okay. I could, I was probably like 10 by now and I could go out yeah, yeah. on my own. And and, it, and them days you could go out yeah, at yeah. 10 on your own. <laughs> and, um, and the church was like just across the road from our house. And so I was like heavily involved and taking part in this little Christian center basically. Yeah. And so as I was growing up, the ladies who led, the lady who led the Sunday school became like, you know, really important to me. 
Um, and then when my mum passed and when I moved out of the area, she got in touch and she actually invited me to a, a, a Christian camp experience yeah. when I was 15. So just after my mum had passed. And so going to the church the whole time, I knew God was real. Yeah, and yeah. I knew, you know, there was a song in it. And it was like, I, I knew that if I was scared, I could sing this song and God would be there. You know, like there was this song, if I am scared, scared, scared. If I am scared, God is there. You know, them like- rhythms, just, Them rhythms there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them rhythms, yeah. And I just- <laughs> <laughs> Move it. So I knew, you know, that there were these little nursery rhymes from Sunday school that I was completely sure of, but I didn't like have a relationship with God. Yeah. And then, um, and then, yeah, it was at that, I was 15, I went on this um, on this week-long retreat. It was at Ashburnham, actually, which has become one, it's a, a place where lots of different Christian organizations have events. Yeah. It's become one of my favorite places now because I've been back. But yeah, I went there and because I was in like the early stages of being in foster care and it was like, quite strict which saved me as well but I just saw it as yeah a week away yeah, yeah. I'll bring one of my friends we'll smoke in the vibes woods. not like, vibes vibes yeah, 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 we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll take this opportunity <laughs> to have a holiday you know and um and cut, <laughs> cut a long story short while I was there I was given a leaf like loads of leaflets I had a lovely time and I it was just the most lovely well-needed experience mm. um and loads of flyers and leaflets were going around and about you know after that there was a time when I was on the bus and I had been just I was just so I was I remember I was on the 18 bus I was so feeling so low and hopeless I was like smoking mm. and 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 you know the rest of it just just not in a good place and I sat on a bus and I was just like you know, God, if you are real like that, like all those people at that retreat were talking like you were like real, real, mm. then I I need I need you and I need to know that because I can feel that, you know, things aren't getting it. I'm not feeling good. Mm. I, I'm not understanding why my mom's not here and I feel better when I'm smoking. This can't be life. Mm. So um, out of nowhere, I put my, I went into my bag. I don't know if I was getting my phone. Did I have one mobile phone? Did mobile phones exist then as well? I want to know. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, you're good, you're good. Yeah, 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 you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a Nokia with an aerial. Oh, you know, like them, the, them old school ones that you had snakes. You changed the face. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> yeah. So I had, uh, I might have just been going in there to, in, or I might have been getting my CD man. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone that's not from that era, you put CDs in it and you carry it around. You just close it and <laughs> no, Discman, not CD man. That's a new thing. That's a new one. <laughs> but, um, but I must have just been going in my bag to, to like change this song or something. And I found a flyer. Wow. In there, and it was called, what at the front said, Why Jesus? It was by Nikki Gumble. Yeah. And I read it and there was a prayer at the back and I am not exaggerating I read the prayer and I felt instantly so the Lord knows it had to happen like this for me trust me but I read the prayer it was a prayer of salvation it was just inviting the Lord into my life just take over from now like I 
I, I, I admit that the reins should not be in my hands. Mm. <laughs> and, and I read that prayer and I meant it. And it was just after being like, if you're real, I need to know. And um, I literally felt in my belly and I've never felt this before. I understood what the term I've got butterflies meant mm. because all I could feel inside my, inside my whole body, like from there to belly button <laughs> was like, but butterflies foot and and it was like the butterflies were full of love mm. and they were just flapping around in me and it was I was just filled with love for the first time in such a long time and I felt it it was so real and tangible and I got off that bus and I was far from where I live I just had an urge to get off the bus it just it was like I was just you know and I skipped all the way home which must have been about a 40 minute skip who skips? Jog? Yeah. Who skips? Skip, I skipped you know. all the way home. I'd never done, knowing that I don't even jump on a trampoline, skipping through a ghetto, basically. And I was singing all of these songs that I'd heard in, in church grow, in the younger years. And it wasn't, it wasn't nursery rhymes. It was what they used to sing in the, what like, it was all like, um, uh, Matt Redmond songs and Tim Hughes and like these worship and songs. I'd never even I never even remembered that I I didn't even know I knew these songs it was just skipping and worshiping and and that was it wow uh, no, like I had to I had to I couldn't have I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have just gone by faith I I needed to feel that I was feeling loveless and and that's what I got filled with that day and yeah the rest was at 16 so Wow, that's like 18 years ago. Wow. Wow. And, you know? And you know, what's, you know what's kind of amazing about that story is that some of the things that you didn't even consciously take in, those songs you didn't consciously take in, but as soon as it got to that moment where you said, I needed God, them songs just started to come back. You said you skipped home 40 minutes. That's mad. To skip, skip like in, in, in the ends. <laughs> skipping home yeah people are wondering what's going on over there so the fact that you skipped home and you was just right. like that is crazy that is that is a, a, yeah wow it was, out, it was out of this world and it was then that I knew that um yeah that he's real <laughs> he's real it's not uh it's not um yeah it's not just a fancy idea to to keep us going mm. It, he's real and he loves us and and yeah I basically every single friend that I had at that point are now also Christian <laughs> you can imagine you can imagine what I was going on with hey guys guess what Yo, you know about Jesus though Jesus you see those Greek myths we heard in Sunday school they're real <laughs> I can imagine you convincing them like listen guys listen listen because I used to see your, like, you know, when you're, when you're hearing stories of like Moses and Abraham, it's similar to the, uh, I used to just feel like it was similar to the Greek myths I used to hear in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you realise, you're like, well, this is a whole world that I've, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, and obviously they, was, they would have seen a transformation in you as well. In terms of you've, you've, you've now changed and it's like, hold on, what's, what's Penny, what's Penny warning with right now? What's, what's, what happened to Penny? What's going on? Wow. She's got joy. You get exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I don't, with this next question, I don't want to feel like I'm skipping fifth, 14, 
15 years of your life mm. but you go from joyous right well, you go from penny age seven going to church meeting this woman joyous and obviously then your mother passing away that affecting you growing up you and your family as well and then you kind of you know shortly after that you go into the, the youth camp for a week then hitting 16 kind of being on the being on the bus getting off the bus well have no having that kind of that that moment with God getting off the bus skipping for 40 minutes all the way home fast forward and tell me if there's a key point so I don't fast forward to 30 but mm-hmm. fast forward to 30 you, you go and find out that you have ADHD what's that like oh mate you know the we battle not we battle not flesh and blood <laughs> but principalities and powers I tell you <laughs> the battle was on basically I was just caught up in between 16 and or all of those all that time I it was mad because I was also a year into so the first serious relationship that I ever had it was somebody that I'd met when I was 15 Mm. um so just before my mum passed and I obviously you know I'd say I had my first encounter with the you know the power of the Holy Spirit at what 16 what like the magnitude of that gift and that intervention because it was at 16 so at 15 again sorry and then at 16 the relationship that I was in and it was just very young you know you're you're 15 there's not how can how intense can a relationship be but at 16 is when the person the person that I was with started being abusive uh, physically violently and emotionally and and so so I was in up until the age of 21 I was in a very um very severe um I don't know what you so the terminology I don't want to use the wrong terminology but I was in a very I was in a very abusive relationship Um, I often thought that he would take my life. I, yeah, there was lots of, lots of really um, serious reasons why I would, Mm. including, you know, knife violence and stuff like this. So a lot of my uh, journey with the Lord was escapism because I was just constantly trying to, um, to adjust to life with a new family who became, you know, I, I was in foster care, it was permanent now. I, you know, even calling it foster care seems offensive now mm. because it's my family now. Mm. I was very blessed by them and the fact that I I had them, but I just was so insecure. I thought that at any point I could get kicked out. And, I, you know, so I was trying so hard to just be accepted um but also I was being abused very very severely and um and so my yeah my relationship with the Lord was just like a a blanket Mm. it was it was very I was I was in church as much as possible but then I I wonder at times if if that was um it was a gift and it was needed but I wonder if I wasn't being abused in the way that I was if I would have been so you know it's so Lord in the church wow yeah if I would have been so into it because the reason I say that is because when I came out of relationship and it was I didn't even I didn't even come out it was they they got arrested for something 
completely unrelated to our relationship, but they went to prison. And, um, and then I didn't know I was a, a victim of domestic violence. I didn't know that I was being abused. I knew he was, I knew he was, I knew he was a wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that I, di- I, I didn't, I didn't. Um, you didn't know what you were experiencing it, it just, at the time. Yeah, I was a child, you know, I was a child, basically. And my, my family, my, you know, started off as my foster family, um, were very protective and, and were very against the relationship. And in the beginning, I was just like, they don't understand him. He's just, you know, he's got, and I've got it. They saw. And so I had to lie about it a lot. And, and yeah, so basically because that was like age, what, 15 to 21, Mm. And the intensity of the fact that I hadn't grieved mom, I hadn't accepted that she was gone. And I had spent the last few years blocking her out so I could just be on point and not get myself into, you know, just just hoping that my, you know, relationship didn't end in the worst way. Mm. So just always on guard because of that. I, after that, I just went, when I was, when that relationship was gone, I struggled with, then substance misuse again drinking though i'd never when i was younger i was just smoking i wasn't drinking mm. then i started being introduced to drink and it wasn't in communion <laughs> it was at the hand there it wasn't in communion <laughs> and uh and and that that when that became very very negative wow. and um and then uh you know this whole party lifestyle and it sounds like you know everyone loves a party but it was it was just overtaking me it was a complete distraction um i was trying to be again trying to be accepted trying to make up for the years lost where all my friends had fun and i didn't wow. um and also juggling um, so I was living like a double life because then also I was like a cell leader at church as well and leading a group. And and so the conflict, I, I, I it was absolutely wild. Um, and I felt like a like a, just a raging hypocrite all the time mm. because I just didn't feel as comfortable sober as I did unsober. So what I realized, um, so when I turned 30, um, and before 30, sorry, I'd, I'd had enough. I'd had enough of trying to block out all of the odd sides to me, which I now know were a re- probably a result of the trauma, mm. you know, that I'd experienced and never dealt with. And I was just so exhausted with wasting my energy, people please, trying to live a double life, mm. um, you know, drinking, smoking. And I was just completely fed up. I was ready to just lay it all down finally and just the guilt of just not serving in a way that I knew I'm called to and meant to yeah. um so I started to do that I started to clear clear my life up and I started to seek God deeper and you know and then I just found that things weren't the same Mm. So when you, when you, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't just sit down and read my Bible like I did when I was 19 or when I was like, I I couldn't, I couldn't even sit down. Like I was just so restless and so um, edgy and Mm. I just, I I wouldn't take anything in. And I would, it was, I I just didn't feel like myself. And, um, and it took a couple of people mentioning, oh, you're so ADHD. And I was like, is this because you aren't being hyper? Because you haven't seen anything yet, honey. This is low energy. Like, I just thought they were referring to me having like speaking fast or being a bit hyperactive. So completely ignored that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I 
I had a couple of incident like incidences where I'd said to my friend, I I said to her, I've never felt like this, but um, despite everything like negative that's happened around me to me, I've never felt hopeless. But at the moment, I'm feeling like I don't get the point of this whole world. Wow! Like I just don't know if it would like I just don't understand what what the Lord's idea was. Mm. Like I just don't. I forgot. Like and so my and so I I was feeling like this, and my friends like, what do you mean? I said I just don't feel anything. I don't, where all these bad things were happening to me and I felt hope, like, you know what, I'm going to help other women that go through this wow. stuff. The Lord's going to, Romans 8, 28, the Lord's going to turn all this around for the good because I love him. Yeah, yeah, that was just gone. I was like, meh, nothing. And so I was like, I just don't get the, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, and I said to my friend, like, I don't feel suicidal, but I get it now. I understand why people do. Mm. And then she was like, whoa you were saying stuff like this last month and could it be related to your time of the month? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never been different during my yeah, time yeah. of the month. Lo and behold, the pattern came up again the following month. So I was like, I've got a hormone problem. Oh, that's what it gee, is. That's what you thought. I've got, I've got a hormone problem that's making me sound depressed. Oh, I get it. I didn't, and the word wasn't depressed because I didn't know what depression was. Mm. It was just, that's making me hopeless, feel hopeless. Yeah. And so I went to see a hormone specialist and uh, someone that, you know, cause I had a feeling I could just change what I ate. Cause I worked with a personal trainer before who um, used to work with a lot of women okay. that had hormone problems and they would just change their food. So I was like, oh, I've got a hormone problem. I'll go and see a hormone specialist and see what food I've got to change. And they were just like, you have ADHD. And I was like, excuse me? I've just sat here I don't get what you mean and so that was when the you know the other times of people bringing it up came to came to came back. my memory mm, I started to understand why people had said it and it wasn't about hyperactivity it was about the um you know only feeling stimulated if I'm concentrating on three or four things at once and so my friends would be at my house and see that I was cleaning one room, cooking one thing, and just darting around the house between each thing just to remain stimulated. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. someone who knew what ADHD was saw that, but didn't explain why. So yeah, that's how it, that's how it came about during a life cleanup. You know, what? <laughs> you know what's like mind boggling to me as well is that all the times where you needed hope throughout your life, God was such like a, everything felt like I can lean on God, I can go to God, I can go to God, I can go to God. But in the times where you felt like, okay, I'm going to give this all to God now, was like when everything that you'd kind of, not everything, but that, that thing that you kind of covered wasn't enough. Mm. So even you just saying that, what I'm, the, it's a good way to articulate it is, you know, healing when you when you when you say you can picture that I'm going to just submit to God fully I my life you know and I've done it mm. yeah, Lord my life is yours use me D just heal me yeah, just, free me just, use just, me so, just, so just that yeah, I can yeah, 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 you there. yeah. And, and that's where I was but then it was like oh and now this now that but that was day one of 
the process, the refining process to be used. Not mm. that you can't get used in the process, not that he can't use you during all of that bit, but there is a, you know, a level of spiritual maturity and development that we all want to get to that where we are, you know, careful with our words, careful with our thoughts, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and doing things that help us to uplift everything mm. and everyone around us. And we want to get there. But on the root route to getting there, you gotta get rid of, you know, you gotta get rid of all your attitude problems, all your toxic behaviors, all of the, you know, limiting beliefs, all of the physical habits that are not edifying. You, it'll still use you in all of that. Mm. And it can feel like it's absolutely like, oh, yeah, but I just submitted the other day. Why now? And it's because it's in that in that uh, that prayer of submission that you you said I'm ready, and so that's when the refining process starts. And they say, you know, with diamonds, they need fire. So yeah, you'll go through the fire, but you won't get burnt. That's what Daniel said. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Um, I've, I noticed, I, I'm realising that when you said it as well, actually, it is, it's an answer to prayer, but it feels so painful, especially when you feel like all of the stuff that you're experiencing, which is difficult, is, is, you know, if I, when I submit to the Lord and, you know, all of this, I'll, I'll, I'll be healed. Mm. One touch from the King changes everything. And I used to stand on that song, just one touch from the King. And I used to be like, yeah, when I submit, when I'm good enough, he'll touch me and I will be healed. And I won't be, you know, needing alcohol or needing to be a people pleaser to feel valuable. Cause I would have submitted. I would be a good girl and I would be healed. Mm. And then you get told you've got a brain disorder, which is incurable. And actually you're not getting healed, hon. And you're like, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, it rocks you and your faith. Do you know what? As I'm listening to you talk as well, it's so true what you're saying in terms of as soon as we're like, yeah, God, I'm here. I'm ready to serve you. There's always something where, okay, let's peel back that. Let's peel back this. Let's peel back that. But sometimes we feel like, God, me giving you everything is I'm ready. I'm, I've, yeah. I've done all I need to do. Just just come. I'm, I'm, look at me. I'm ready. And I can only imagine going, what was going through your thought process at the time where you're like, okay, I've seen the world this way for 30 years of my life. And now I'm seeing the world a whole, a totally different way. Did it kind of give you more answers to how you would like to certain things that happened previously like before you knew that you had ADHD did it give you more answers or was it more questions I felt very so there were parts of my personality I guess that I I'm not even so 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 the reason why I'm struggling to answer this is because I don't I I I so this incurable brain disorder, which is what ADHD is mm. described as in like a lot of medical um, reports, yeah. is um, it it looks like a lot of other things. Yeah. Yeah. So as you know, with this, with like like the effects of trauma, which is CPTSD, yeah. um, and me realizing that that was also something that I was um, struggling with, and the symptoms were identical, but also the the choices that I'd made, the self-sabotaging behavior that I'd developed because of overwhelm, because of lack of self-belief, because of low confidence and because of a fear of failure. Mm. So all of the self-sabotaging behaviors that I'd picked up because of that, 
could look like ADHD too. <laughs> so, so the reason I'm saying that is because whilst hearing that I had ADHD at the time was really liberating, mm. I wonder now if it was actually liberating or it just felt good to blame something on the things that I uh, yeah. was, you know? And I'm not saying that it's, oh, it's people, you know, because a lot of people who have ADHD and go for ADHD have a horrible stigma attached to, oh, people that have um, ADHD are just blaming ADHD for everything. Like, no, mm. I saw, I see why I got diagnosed with ADHD. Like I, I see, mm. I have like, if there's a hundred symptoms, cause there's around a hundred, I've probably got 98. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but also the reason I think it was so liberating for me is because I felt understood. I felt like all of these odd behaviors that I can't really articulate. I can't really, I don't know what, I didn't know anything about mental health mm. until I was 30. I didn't know what, that procrastination was a thing I didn't know that self-sabotage was a thing these are all psychological um these are all psychological problems mm. that can lead to mental health issues I didn't know depression was a thing I didn't know anxiety was a thing I thought I was just I was told by someone before that I'm addicted to fear but, you know I went when I was really young well not really young but early 20s the first time I tried therapy mm. I was told by the lady that I I'm addicted to fear and worry. She didn't mention anxiety or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I I find things to worry about sometimes when there's nothing. Mm. So I must have just been so used to being worried that when worry's not there, I'm searching for it just to feel normal. Wow. So that made sense. I, I didn't know anything about like mental health labels. So finding out that a lot of the things that I was struggling with from, you know, procrastinating to forgetfulness, fogginess, inability to concentrate, hyperactivity, oversharing, social anxiety, rejection sensitive, emotional dysregulation, all of these things that I saw as flaws within myself that I'd have to pick out one by one to heal and mm. to grow my confidence in, which can feel like a lifetime task. It felt quite good to know that they all just fall under one thing. Mm. So if I learn to manage that one thing, I'll be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whilst I'm, I was told at first, which felt quite debilitating is that it's incurable, I was, there, it, it, that, that got me for a while, but then I, I started to look it up and I started to realize, this isn't incurable. Mm. It's it's it feels impossible to look at every single symptom that I'm talking about and other ones that I haven't even talked about and think, you know, this who can manage all of these at once and be cured? Because it especially when it's a parent going in talking about a child, because that's what ADHD is more common in. Yeah. And so say, so yes, it's incurable. We can't cure it, but we can manage it. And I, I beg to differ because I know that all of the symptoms that I personally struggle with and other people I know, yeah. whilst medication can help and can be a support, you can reverse them all. And then you, you know, you might still be neurodiverse, which they is, is a word used for not having a typical brain. Which brain is the same? I don't, I just, the, the terms, it's just, you know, it's just, it's so much. And so whilst I was like owning this label, my ADHD, my ADHD brain, and and I am very grateful for having the, the opportunity to understand myself through my diagnosis, mm. it's, um, it's not going to be mine forever. I do know that. Mm. And as I'm working on all the symptoms I struggle with the most and finding ways to combat them, I won't be describing ADHD as mine anymore. And I'm sure of that. So I did get a lot of 
freedom and you know liberation but then I do also feel like that was partly because the blame came off of me and it's like I stopped blaming myself for my shortcomings and I blamed my brain mm. <laughs> you know and so and so yeah it was uh it was it was at first it was like wait all of this stuff that I thought I was going to heal from, I'm not going to heal from. What from so so by submitting to the Lord and praying more and 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 you know using the word as a weapon, I'm not actually going to be free from this stuff. I'm stuck with it. So that that hit me. But then I I figured out no 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 I will help. I will help. That's what I'll do. <laughs> and I will um, I will share what I learn on my journey. And so yeah, I've got your question, but I know I've answered it. No, you definitely answered. <laughs> you know what you know what's amazing as well. You answered that question and a couple of other questions I had on top of that. So now, really? so now I'm just like, okay, let's 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 move through the list. Let's move through the list. <laughs> but one of the amazing things, especially when I've unknowingly I've been following your journey for years. And it was only kind of the last, I want to say the last two years, where I kind of saw you put in a light where you know you would do you do more conversations, more um speaking more about you know suffering ADHD and stuff like that. And for me, it was eye-opening because where, especially where I've come from, mental health in general, especially when I was younger, wasn't really spoken about like that. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing. It was just something's wrong with that person or there's something not too right with that person. And that was it. Mm. But now as we're kind of moving into being in the 21st century and kind of, especially kind of the last, I want to say last five years, mental health has definitely become something that is more spoken about, especially with kind of social media and those types of things so when you speak about ADHD it opens my eyes to understanding something that was very limited to me in terms of being spoken about in earlier life in in growing up in seeing people who I knew had ADHD but not me not understanding okay they've got ADHD I don't understand what what exactly what it is but I just know that there's certain things that we do slightly differently and there's certain things that like you spoke about, I think it was on the BBC Ideas a couple of years ago, where you were talking about hyper-focus and me noticing that certain people just have an ability to just focus in on this thing. <laughs> and I'm like trying to talk to this person or do or do X, Y, and Z. And you're just like, yo, listen, yo, what's going on? You, you're cool. You're all right. It's, it's been five hours. You've been you've been drawing this picture for five hours. I don't know how you've done this. But it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's those types of things where I didn't fully understand. It was literally, as you said, just a label without understanding the, the context and the construct of what it is. And I think that's amazing that how you speak about it just here as well. But in general, even just today, I've seen you on a few, you know, a few Instagram lives and stuff like that, speaking about it. And it's an eye opener to people. And I think it's amazing what you do. So if you ever feel like it might feel like it's getting too too much in terms of speaking about it, I, I have to just reiterate that you are opening so many people's eyes to, mm -hmm. to some things that they have just, they've heard and hurt seeing the label but not understand the context beneath it and what you do great is give context and construct to what is actually underneath it yeah thank you which is amazing yeah, to me really encouraging to hear um thank you. but then a year later complex post-traumatic stress disorder i know mayhem aka <laughs> and especially because it has similar kind of as you spoke about already, it has similar attributes to ADHD. What are you thinking at that point when, when that happens and 
does that explain some stuff as well? So I'd been managing, it's, it's funny because I haven't even written a blog, an actual blog post about ADHD since. So I've been speaking about it more, but I went through um, a few difficult time a few difficult situations there was um and I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone I'm going to mention suicide mm. so I just thought I'd say that if anyone's listening and doesn't want to hear it but um I went through a few traumatic experiences where um all in a bit of a bundle so I didn't you know I, I the Grenfell Tower fire I was thinking I've mentioned this on a bit earlier yeah. but the Grenfell Tower fire was at the bottom of my road and there, there was a couple of people in there that I knew and and so that and and you know the areas just rocked because of it obviously you come out of your house and there's you know so that had happened and these were the three main things in this little period of time mm. that I noticed had um I felt like I was strong about and I was dealing with okay and trying to be a support to other people, but I clearly, something was happening and it was that, it was a friend of mine having an accident and also a colleague um, at work came over to me and was like, um, oh yeah, I heard that you write about mental health now, why? So I was like, yeah, you know, cause we used to sit together, but we, we don't anymore. And the office is so big that if you don't sit with someone sometimes, you know, you could not see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he um, had asked me um, why I was writing about mental health. I explained to him that since we last knew each other, <laughs> I had been diagnosed um, and understood more about mental health. So I'm just sharing my journey and I'm trying to help other people to feel comfortable speaking about it and, and, and seeking help and stuff. And he was like, can me and you speak? And I was like, oh, and he goes, yeah, like someone else told me to come to you. Mm. So I gathered he was struggling, it was obvious. So, and I was like, of course. And so um, he, I, he, at, so as we were, uh, I was about to send him some links. He said to me, can you send me links to your blog? And then I will call you if that's okay. And we talk. Mm. So I was about to send him the links and, um, and we worked in sales and it was a sales floor and a manager was walking past and we're from different teams. So he was like, we both scarpered. It was yeah, like yeah, billing yeah, yeah. day, last day of the month. You've got your last day to get your sales in. You are not from this team. What yeah, are you doing yeah, yeah. over here? It would be, you know. There's no time for chit chat. Come on guys. No, yeah, 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 not yeah. two different teams anyway. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're obviously, he was from a total difference. So anyway, cut a long story short, he, um, he went back to his seat or something and I forgot mm. and he killed himself that day. And so I just stopped writing. I stopped talking about mental health. I felt like such a hypocrite. I was like, I'm doing everything I can to help people online and I'm not helping people that come up to me in the flesh. Mm. I felt so like beat. It's just, it, it was just the, the kind of the last straw for everything else I'd try to be strong about. Mm. And I went into... I guess a, a, a season of depression. I couldn't manage my ADHD anymore. Everything that I'd learned on how to manage it without medication, it was just like, but go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was back try. I was back uh, drinking in, in the evenings to, as soon as I got in from work, just to close my mind off from everything I was feeling, which are patterns that I had left, mm -hmm. you know. And um, yeah, and I clocked that, that, I can't manage my ADHD anymore. It's gone through the roof. Like it's, and then what I found out is I went to, I got myself therapy um, 
and I found out that I had CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. And that made so much sense because of all of the things that I'd been through as a child, mm. you know, the stuff I'd witnessed on my mum's journey and then my own. And so, so if you think about the fact that I, you know, even before I got diagnosed with ADHD, I knew I had a lot of stuff I needed to get over. I knew that I needed healing, mm. you know, so... Um, I submitted my life afresh to the Lord, just like, please Lord, forgive me, take me back, you know, mm. not that I'd stop going to church, but I was living a double life. Mm. And, um, and so it was funny that as I was seeking healing for past trauma, I stumbled upon ADHD, which was nothing to do with trauma, but explained a lot of my behavior. But then it was like, I, it almost feels like I needed to get, I needed to get an understanding about because I needed to help people with that mm. and myself, of course, but I just feel like you have to see the picture and I needed to help people with, with, you know, seeing it and, and identifying it. But then to find out that the thing that made a lot more sense to me um, in regards to I need healing is the effects of trauma, mm. which is CPTSD. It's an anxiety disorder that a person who has either lived in a traumatic um environment or experience several traumatic events at one uh, you know one after another without getting support or yeah been been abused over a long period of time or some you know yeah yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. and so um that you know it's it's almost like the symptoms were very similar mm. um and that's healable um that is it's a it's, it's healable so I decided to I weren't writing about ADHD anymore anyway because I just felt like I couldn't write about mental health and try to help people when I was feeling like a hypocrite and you know feeling really heavy but um but then I started to focus on I need to get rid of the if, if I'm got two disorders with the same um with the same symptoms basically one's healable and one's incurable mm. then I need to focus on the one that I can heal because then you know this could be the answer to prayer that I needed to find you know maybe it's not going to be one touch from the king changes everything for me uh, even though I know that that can happen mm. and I believe fully in the power of healing um I also know that I have um I have a task and a mission and it might involve me having to do some groundwork and so I had to um practically find ways to access this freedom myself yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe and so yeah so that the the transition that's why and and doing that and I'm, I'm actually doing a TED talk in June and I am doing it on this on this subject because I'm going to throw you off a tiny bit right now right but you're getting a glimpse into the into the TED talk <laughs> so you're getting a glimpse so whilst one is incurable and requires medication and yeah. i don't know how you feel about like pharmaceutical world but yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We're, I get what often, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. we're often told to take medication rather than you know and not all the time yeah. because there are some amazing doctors out there that do show you how to change your life rather than how to rely on meds but we are often told to take that and that will help that and we become reliant on it mm. and we don't ever experience true freedom because at some point the meds stop working we become immune and you know we we always have to get a stronger dose or we then have the side effects from the meds which some of them are like wild yeah. you know you could take a medication this will help you focus but it will cause internal bleeding it's like what 
So, you know, yeah. so I'm giving an example of um, why I was so so this one's incurable and requires medication and and then the cptsd which has very similar symptoms um understandable as well rather than just i've got a brain disorder which makes me unable to you know all these things to i've been through loads of really difficult painful situations which have caused me to you know yeah. so this one was kind of like i can attack this whilst you know also learning to manage ADHD is doable too but you know this felt more and then on my journey to doing this and to learning about how I do heal from some of these internal wounds these emotional wounds you know the 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 grieving you know the the understand you know when a child leaves a parent never ever spends the time working on it it's gonna show up Mm. you have to dig these things up and deal with them but um but what I also found out is that there are a few things that also have very similar symptoms to ADHD and CPTSD Mm. so the inability concentrate foggy mind forgetfulness procrastination low motivation depression anxiety and guess what they are? You're not going to guess it, so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so one is if you are, now not allergic, but intolerant. If you are in, have an intolerance for yeast or caffeine, you could also be misdiagnosed with ADHD because the symptoms are the same. And if you haven't had a blood test or a full physical what? to know that you have these intolerances, who would know? Listen, if you identified with everything that I talk about when I talk about ADHD and you go to a doctor and a, a mental a ADHD or autism specialist, because that's the per- best person to speak to. Yeah. And they, they could diagnose you with ADHD when they hear what you explain. Yeah. But also you, you could also be just addicted to bread and coffee and you're intolerant to them because the symptoms are the same. Yeah. That's one. Also, these symptoms show up in people that okay so the long-term effects of mercury poisoning are also inability to concentrate foggy mind intrusive thoughts nightmares okay because and guess what and guess what mercury is in this filling (laughs) so the the effects of your blood being slowly poisoned by mercury also looks like ADHD. And if you have any silver fillings in your mouth, you are being slowly poisoned by mercury. And so I love a coffee. I love a bread. There are times in the month when I love a bread even more. <laughs> I also have a silver tooth, which I'm getting taken out. Why? And so this is what I'm doing my TED talk on. Why? You get me? Yeah. So, so this is why this is why health is wealth. They say knowledge is more valuable than gold. Mm. Because if you do have any silver fillings and you do experience, or there it's not a maybe. Look up online what what does mercury poisoning look like? If you're eating lots of fish with mercury or you have mercury inside your mouth leaking into your blood every day. What does it look like? I'd love to know. You Google that and the information's all there. It looks a mess and it's a mental mess. And we could very well be a a nation of adults who are all having severe problems at a certain point because 
that's when the blood started to get so, you know, get, that's when it started to manifest. It's like, you know, I was saying again earlier and you can, you can eat, you can eat, you can smoke cigarettes every single day of your life, but you might not get lung cancer until you're 55. Mm. You don't smoke a cigarette and your, your lungs pop down. So everyone thinks it's fine to just smoke every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it happens over time. The effects are physical, you know? And it's the same with some of these things that we don't even know are harmful. Like, like if you have an intolerance to certain things, and you continue to ingest them because you're not throwing up, you're not getting hives, mm. you're not having allergic reactions in your mouth. You don't know you're intolerant. Mm. What happens after a while? You you become poisoned. Your body becomes poisoned, and it your blood becomes poisoned, and it affects your you know your tool. Penny, you blow my mind right now. You blow my mind. <laughs> so, you blow my mind. So, so, so the reason the reason I'm doing my TED talk on this is because, and I don't know if you can even pick up on it, but I'm so skeptical about how to give advice at the moment mm. because I'm learning so much. Yeah. And whilst I am so, you know, hashtag ADHD gang because I want to free all my ADHDers from all their symptoms. Mm. I also don't want them to own the label anymore mm. when I know that they're reversible. And whilst there is a whole movement of, you know, people don't understand us, people think that ADHD isn't real and, and people, you know, think that we're just lazy and, and no, we, no one deserves to be treated like that. And I, of all people, understand that stigma, but I also know that there are other things that can contribute and, and um, magnify the symptoms yeah. because they all have the same symptoms. It's, they say that ADHD is a brain disorder there are things that we're doing that cause brain damage mm. including um hiding our trauma and deciding not to deal with it and including ingesting things that our body doesn't doesn't want can't break down can't do certain things with it no I, yeah, I, I hear so, and and when and you know there are probably loads of other physical um ailments that come with mercury poisoning and and you know why do you think it's it's on the on the and i'm not dissing any organization but why do you think it costs so much more to get a white filling mm. it's not just because when you laugh you see a black thing it's like uh, you know your mouth's full of all these like it's because it's less poison mm. it's expensive because it's it's better for you you know, people say, no, I got my, my fillings out because every time I was like laughing or shouting, my mouth just looks like I've got black teeth. Mm. No, it's because it's cheaper to do that, but there's a risk. And the risk is after a certain amount of years, your mind's all over the place, hon. <laughs> Pennies. Yeah, so so wow. I, I had to, I had to just drop it because anyone that's resonating, first things first, stop putting a lid on the trauma stop putting a lid on your emotions deal with them face them process them you know let go shut the door forgive people deal cry heal yes submit <laughs> first um but also your food affects your mood mm. check what's going in because you know and then look at you know after do practicing these things then if there are other things that you think your answers lie under then go that route but them two are free it's free to do mm. it's it doesn't mean you have to take in any other chemical to address and um or own a label and and be put in a category i'm not saying that sometimes it's not helpful but this is my what i'm learning and this is like my truth right now so i just thought i, I don't want to 
I don't want everyone who resonates to just go straight away and get diagnosed with ADHD or or depression or anything. You want you, know, you want them to, you want them to look into these things that everything. they can do and just yeah you want them to do the research make sure you get the background knowledge behind all these different yeah. things and do the things that you've said you know your food affects yeah. your mood and obviously you know start holding on to the trauma and just and not dealing with it essentially which is yeah. which is three things as you said i got my last two questions it could, it yeah Karen, speak yeah sorry just to um and it could be as simple as like you know a lot of people do say that healing's a journey and stuff like that and sometimes when you've had childhood trauma that you don't really remember or you don't know if it's affected you badly mm. it's just talking to someone and and sometimes just getting it out or writing about it journaling and just just getting it out and and identifying that you know it it's not it's not your identity anymore mm. whatever you'd gone through um the, the world is a good place mm. like there is you know we've got the mix there's good there's bad but you don't have to be on guard you don't have to be blocking out love you don't have to be um running away from good things in, in fear of losing them and and these are all things I went through just the inability to embrace goodness in fear that it will get taken away I was living in a state of fight or flight all the time and so even just affirming speaking life over yourself praying more often um journaling and and you know you can speak to someone therapy whatever but you can spend time in prayer and 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 speak life over yourself it could just be that mm. you you don't even know what could happen in one night of a, an hour of you know some self-affirmation and some identifying you know what the truth is that happened to me it wasn't fair I didn't I didn't need to you know it's affecting my relationships now it's affecting my attitude now I choose to be free mm. <laughs> it could be just that boom you know but sometimes it's a process or oh, you could just say lord one touch from the king heals everything help me good everyone's different True. mine was definitely a little bit more strenuous <laughs> of a route the last two questions i want to ask you is i want to kind of talk about penny bell creations and why you started doing that like the wellness gifts and you know the self-care kind of products why did you start doing that and how has that helped you Oh, just so basically it all started as affirmation cards mm. so as part of my own healing and as part of my own uh, journey to um to just loving on myself mm. it included speaking goodness to myself it included you know uh, uh, declaring the word out loud finding scriptures that edify me that remind me of who I am that remind me of God's love for me, speaking them out loud when I felt insecure, um, speaking them out loud when I found that I was full of fear mm. and, and my mind was racing. So when I learned the power of affirmations through it changing like my own life, my own mental state, sometimes instantly, but definitely over time, mm. um, I also in the, in the same kind of instance found that whilst at work because I was in sales as I mentioned earlier and I used to um I used to call a lot of recruiters up and I used to work for total jobs yeah. so it's like a job board and I used to call lots of I still have to be on long calls and I would find that sometimes towards the end of the conversation I'll just drift off and this is the bit where like I could I could figure out what their needs are and actually make a big deal and so I'd drift off and I wouldn't know how much of the conversation I missed. So I'd be like, I would get an idea that they want to they wanna close, like yeah. they want to deal. But I didn't quite know if 
I've missed the main details basically. Mm. So I was getting deals, but I the the realization hit when someone was listening to one of my calls for training and was like, Penny, you could have gone in at so much higher of a deal. Like, well done for getting the deal. But didn't you hear when they said that they had boom, boom, boom needs? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd upsell them another time. That was not what I thought. I just tapped, like I tapped out. And so what had happened is I just drifted off because the conversation, whilst it was, you know, just them, me building rapport, sounds really dread but building rapport became very understimulating for me and I might have asked him about their holiday and they'd gone into so much detail and he was gone he was gone he was gone after that yeah yeah yeah. I was like so what I found ways to hold my attention was um doodling and coloring and drawing and and I and because I was learning about affirmations and I used to have do I have any around? I used to have um, these, I used to have actually these little cards in my bag that had scriptures on. Yeah. Or I had this devotional I was following. And if I found a devotional page that really spoke to me, I'd write it out myself mm. and put it in my pencil case. Oh, wow. And so whenever I'd open my pencil case, I'd read it again because I remembered that that had made me feel so good. But I, I, forget, I forget the truth sometimes. I forget mm. that I forget how okay I am when I'm going through all of these internal struggles that don't make sense. I forget that not everything I think is real. Mm. I forget that I'm not fighting a physical battle. This is principalities and powers and the mind, the battlefields of mind. Mm. I forget that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I forget. I feel like I'm always going to have a weapon against me prosper. Mm. <laughs> Do you know I what I mean? That. So I, I knew by writing them down, I would remember. And just it just so happened that I began writing affirmations whilst on the phone at work so I got to concentrate by doing something that I was enjoying so coloring in and creating these cards wasn't distracting me from the call it was actually making me be able to hear the person more because my brain wasn't searching for stimulation down in Timbuktu it It was was right it was stimulated by the colors so I was able to hear the conversation more and then that just so I wrote a blog post about it Mm. and loads of people I said if anyone wants some let me know well that was a big thing (laughs) to do because I didn't realize how many people would want them but I started to send them out to people so just giving people a little card with a couple of affirmations cards in it and then months later someone said to me um they said this blog post really helped me where can I buy the cards and I was like mm. Why? Mm. I was like okay so people would buy these so then I started to just make affirmation cards for people to buy and then like framed I used to just all oh, just handmade yeah, on yeah, Etsy yeah. and I started to like write uh, bible scriptures and frame them and stuff like that and just go to the charity shop and get unique frames one-offs mm. you know and just like write something nice, put it in a frame and selling it to people online. So it started like that. And then, yeah, it was just all part of, I guess, me tapping back into my creative side, which has been so helpful. Mm. And also, yeah, learning the power of words. So it was, again, just what I was practicing ended up going into a business, mm. um, turning into a business idea. And uh, yeah, and then again with the with the bombs that I was making, mm. I was using a lot of essential oils for different things yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to help with anxiety, to help with concentration. And then what having them on your skin? I mean, it's it was all yeah, it all just came hand in hand, really. That is absolutely amazing. My last question that I really want to ask, which I ask to practically all my guests, is for where you're at in life right now. 
what advice would you give to yourself? Hmm. That's a very good question. I have to say, how long do I have to think about it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> For I would say, okay. So there's a couple of things yeah. actually that I, I've heard recently. I would say hold your thoughts captive. So, so the thing that came into my mind was something that I read that said, keep the hearth of your thoughts pure. Mm. So I would, I would advise myself right now to hold every thought captive um, before letting it turn into overthinking or assuming, because I still get tangled up in that. Mm. I still assume things mean different things and it can form a whole mood. Mm. <laughs> And we don't want that sometimes. So I would say work towards purifying your, your thoughts. And, and that's my own thoughts and making sure that I'm thinking in uh, uh, just assuming the best because it, it saves a lot. And also move forward courageously with a light heart. Mm. So again, be brave and bold, take chances. Don't be scared of failure and, um, and keep your heart light by keeping your thoughts light because if my thoughts are light my heart's light my mood's light <laughs> if my thoughts are heavy my mood's low yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah so I guess those two and yeah that's what I've tried to practice <laughs> Penny Jarrett also guys go follow at Penny Bell Creations bow with an e at the end um penny Jarrett, thank you very much for your time today thank you i just want to say as well like you this is the first time i've ever um spoken to anyone who has just knows his stuff as much as you so wow. just big up you for your work ethic seriously it's i've never experienced anything like it the questions are so perfectly tailored i said it before it made mm. me feel like you know me better than me <laughs> Um, and I think that's just a massive, um, a massive sign of your your hard work and commitment. And I just, I think, yeah, you need to hear that as well because it's rare. No, I've, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I really do. I just try and make sure that each guest I know as much as I, as I can about them and not just about them. Um, I don't want them to feel like they're just having, for those who, are, who have had interviews or conversations before, I don't want them to feel like they're just having another conversation talking about the same thing i want to make sure that we tap into who they are as a person because essentially con yeah. conversation with h is about the person that i speak to so yeah thank you i really do appreciate that yeah i i i it is it's 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 big it's very impactful that that level of um you know beforehand research whatever it's called pre-search <laughs> is uh <laughs> That's a good one. Is um is very impactful. So yeah, Thanks. I think proud of yourself for that. Thank you. Defo. Thank you. Penny Jarrett, appreciate you, appreciate your time. Um, and for all you guys that are watching this conversation with H, we will have so much more content coming for you very, very soon. <laughs>